Hello everyone, welcome to Talk Talks. I am your host, Andrew Kistner. And today I have a pretty cool Talk Talks episode for you. Um, I have here today, Caitlin McCarthy, who is a patient uh, at the Oxford Center. And a couple weeks ago, maybe a couple months ago, um, her physical therapist said, hey, you gotta talk to Caitlin. She has an incredible story uh, to tell you. And so I just walked in, she was having therapy, and I'm like, tell me this story. And she told me the most crazy, bizarre story about her journey and how she got here that I was like, we gotta do, we have to do a podcast on it. Um, it is absolutely crazy when you hear this, so stay tuned. Um, you'll, you'll like this. It's, it's mind boggling, to be honest, to put it lightly. So welcome very much to the podcast. Thank you. It's good to be here. So we're going to get right into it. Yeah. Um, you were on vacation? Yes. Awesome. Yes. So I just want to give a little intro on the story. So you're on vacation. You went to Malawi. Correct. And everything happened. So start at the beginning. Everything happened. <laughs> like literally, I just, this is one of those things you see like a 60 minutes or a dateline or something on, you know, on the news. Yeah. And it's like, oh, this happened to you. Um, so start at the beginning. Tell me from the very beginning to the end, this story. Okay. So um, it was 2013 and I had gotten accepted to medical school and I was super excited. Awesome. So my uh, little sister in my sorority was from Africa. Okay. And she spent all of the holidays with my family because she was my little sister in my sorority. And so I graduated, I'm going to medical school. I decided I'm gonna go to Africa. I'm gonna stay a month with her and her family in Malawi and we're gonna backpack Africa. And that sounds like, cool. Yeah. So uh, we're leaving on uh, April 30th, I'm coming back on May 30th. I start medical school literally on June 6th. So like when it's I say, it, yeah, it's all planned. I am celebrating, I'm right. so excited to go and do this trip. So we leave, everything's going as planned. We get our safari out of the way. We get to do, uh, we went to Salima, which is a beautiful lake town in Malawi. And it was just great until, dun, dun, dun. Right. Um, we didn't know then what we know now, which is that I have a form of dysautonomia called- Di Okay, say that slower, dysautonomia. Yes, okay. dysautonomia. It's a dysfunction of your autonomic nervous system. Okay. So all of your, your breathing, your pulse, your blood pressure, all of that stuff is controlled by your brain without you having to think about it. Right, um, which so is good. Yes. Like it wouldn't be good if you're like, okay, I have to breathe. Every, right, every right. seven, eight, seven, yeah. So, in dysautonomia, there's dysregulation in that autonomic nervous system, which can cause spikes in heart rate, drops in blood pressure, things like that. In my situation, it causes my heart to completely just stop and wow. then restart. Now, did you, before you were on vacation, did you know you had this condition? No. Okay, so this is like in your face, like Correct. I have this now. Correct, okay. so it's one night, we're sitting around um, at her family's like uh, bar area, they lost power, it's Africa, happens all the time. Yeah. So we're sitting with candlelight and we're just all chilling. And we are supposed to be um, preparing and making our plans to venture to Victoria Falls okay. in the next few days. So awesome. that's what we're all gathering and talking about and whatever. And uh, my sister, my sorority sister, Buquette, her brother made a joke okay. that literally made like water squirt out of my nose because <laughs> I was laughing so hard. Got it. It was about me being American, you know, and just not understanding <laughs> Which to them African is probably culture. very funny. Right, right. <laughs> so he made this joke. I'm like this with literal like 
I think it was Sprite, coming out of my nose. <laughs> okay. That's like the worst pop to come out your nose. It was very painful. <laughs> and But what happened afterwards was more so. But, yeah. but so I run outside to like spit out this <laughs> drink that's bubbling over in my mouth and through my nose. And we're just laughing. And I walk back inside to their bar. And as I'm walking back inside to come join, rejoin the conversation after right. wiping off my Sprite everywhere, um, I just pass out. Yep, complete. I mean, blackout. Lights out. Just, I don't remember anything. Everything just went black. Um, and then the next thing that I remember is coming to, and her mother was holding me. My face was hot, like on fire hot. Like the worst sunburn you could have ever imagined, but like deeply penetrating. Hmm. And I could feel stuff on me. Was that me. blood? And, I, well, so I wasn't aware yet. Right. So I'm like, obviously I don't know what I, what I actually looked like. I'm assuming, you know, my eyes are half shut. And I kind of looked up and I looked at Helen and I was like, what happened? She was like, you had a fall, you're okay. And then I reached and I pulled my hand away and I was like... <laughs> Not okay. Not okay. Because it was not just blood, it was also vomit. Oh, interesting. That's and not I'm, good. And I'm like, you know, what happened? What happened? And she's, uh, in Africa, they don't really say seizure. They call, call it a fit, right? Oh, interesting. You, you had a fit. Yeah. And I was like, a fit. Fit. Like, that doesn't, a fit. That doesn't, I couldn't, like, comprehend that. That, right. like, just didn't quite make sense to me. Right. Um, so they take me to the village doctor in quotes okay. remember this in quotes it yes because i did not see and nor could he provide me with <laughs> any form of proof that this man should be practicing medicine right all that he could show me was that he had a master's degree in anatomy from egypt okay all right so they take me to this clinic to the doctor kosmani as was was his name that's relevant for later <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, and I couldn't really, I could, they didn't have me walk. I wasn't walking. Her, her brother carried me into the clinic, put me on an exam table. Is this right after the accident? Yes. So like no time had passed. They no, like, we gotta literally. Go Got me in there. And by that point, I'm just like loopy. I was literally hitting on her brother. Like, I was like, oh my gosh, you carried me over the threshold like a princess, Dusty. Dusty, do you want to be my prince? Like, I mean, literally, I was like flirting with him as, I, don't, I now I haven't seen my face yet. Right, right. I have no idea what I look like, but I know that there is blood and vomit right. running down my front at the very minimum. <laughs> but I feel very, Which is beautiful. probably not what you envisioned going over your first threshold as. Right, right. <laughs> um, so I'm trying to be flirty because I'm not entirely sure what's happening yet. Then the doctor comes over. Doctor <laughs> comes over. <laughs> he does his assessment on me and everything. And he talks about the seizure, and I'm like, "Oh, okay, fit seizure, 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 seizure." And he was like, "Yeah, you know, you you were unconscious and seizing for about two minutes, according to um, Helen." And I was like, "Oh, like that's bad." Yeah, that's serious. I knew. I know that. I, at least I knew that part. Um, my brother's an epileptic, so a two-minute-long seizure. I'm like. Right. Not good. Um, he was like, that's why you're, vo like, that's why there's vomit. You know, he's like, you, you hit your head. And I was like, okay. He's like, we need to get some x-rays and, you know, see how bad you hit your head. Okay. That sounds fine. 
It's in the evening, though, so right. what's going to happen? We're in a third world country. Right. Um, so he hooks me up to an IV, a straight needle IV, <laughs> to a glass <laughs> saline. I, well, I was just going to say bag, but it's not. It's a jar. It's a jar. It's a jar. That he probably filled. I don't know. <laughs> I doubt it shipped that way. But it was probably from World War II. I don't know. It, it was glass. Right. I could not find an expiration date on it. There was not like a manufacturing anything on there. I don't know. Yeah, it could not have been saline. Well, you might have had pickles out of the night before. Maybe. All, for all we know. I don't right? know. And so I looked at him and I said, how do I sleep? And he said, don't bend your arm. And he set it on a pillow. And he left me in his bedroom. In his, so is this his bedroom. a hospital? Like the, it's a commercial building or is this a house? It's a house. So he's the village doctor out of his house. Yes. Okay, got it. I guess, I like I don't remember the layout very well. I guess it would be like the living room was where the examination table was. Like It was a real exam table, like a okay. real, you know, had the like thing that pulls out for your yeah. feet and stuff. That was real. All right. I think it was real. Right. Um, <laughs> But then, yeah, I was just in his bedroom, his bedroom, like his, a right. master bedroom, right? like with a huge soaking tub and like, I, okay. I, had, I had no business being in a room that wasn't a hospital, I can right, tell you right. that right now. Um, so that night I didn't sleep because I knew that I probably had a concussion yeah. and I shouldn't sleep and that was very hard. So I watched a lot of rugby. Fun. Um, I don't know anything about rugby, but I watched a lot of it that night. Um, and then the next day is when I started to get really concerned. Mm -hmm. Um, I hadn't had my phone. No one could tell me what my parents knew. Had my parents been contacted? I could not contact anybody. Um, and my friend and her family had left and just left me at the clinic. So what do you I mean? was just like, no they one went came home. to visit. They just went home. Oh, okay. Yeah, but they went home. Did they come back? Um, I mean, later on the next day. Okay. They came back. Whew. All right. Um, but. You know, I was just chilling alone, no cell phone. The doctor left at one point, so I was completely alone, wandering around his little house thing. Um, oh. <laughs> and I did. I, t I took my IV bottle and I just like walked around his little house. Um, but then I started vomiting, mm. a lot of blood. Oh, that's not good. A lot of blood. And when I was vomiting the blood, the pain in my face was just extraordinary. And when I finally went to the bathroom to vomit. Literally, I hadn't seen myself, okay? So I, I run to the bathroom, I heave in this toilet, and I get up and I turn and I see myself in the mirror for the first time, and I was just like. I could not, like, fathom what I was seeing in the mirror because it was just, like, black eye, huge. My, I mean, my face, it didn't, I don't know why. It, yes, just, like, whole thing and I don't know why it didn't feel swollen to me or maybe I just don't remember that right. it felt swollen to me um, but then I was like this isn't good no. and I just threw up a ton of blood and I'm going to medical school I'm not right. like right. naive to these kinds yeah. of things right and I was a CNA before this and all that all that so I'm like this is not good um, still no cell phone still no change of clothes so I'm still on my bloody vomited uh, it was one of my sorority letters oh no i'm sorry i'm totally playing with that um i was wearing my sorority letters and pink yoga pants those were trendy back then the pink <laughs> yoga pants um so i'd been wearing those for like two days now right. um and i finally get a ct scan he calls 
a bunch of surgeons, but they don't tell me their names. They just come in and they, I get a CT, they come in and they're like, it's really bad. And I'm like, okay. And they're like, you broke every bone in your face. And I was like, oh yeah, 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 I agree. That sounds very, very bad. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they were like, you need surgery immediately. And I was like, okay, great. Right, where is this, where, where, Sound, where Sounds good, that? yeah, like where, where is that gonna happen? Um, and the surgeons said, you need to go to South Africa, we need a level one trauma center for this, you'll likely need a blood transfusion, all of these kind of things. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, little let's scary. save my life, can little, we do that? Let's little do that. scary, but like, you know, you're kind of not with it. You, right. I don't know, my body very much just like, I was not in my body. Right. It was like I was just observing all of this. Yeah. I like could not feel it all. So I'm like, okay, we, we've got a plan. So let's just go, right. let's go. It, this sounds like we're ready. Right. We're not ready. Uh, Dr. Kosmani then contacted my parents and told them that he would not um, call for the medevac plane unless they wired him $15,000 cash. Unbelievable. So I still don't have a phone. I don't have anything. So you've not even talked. So I have not even talked with my own parents yet. How and long it's at been this point 20, 24 hours. Okay. And finally that night, they bring me some of my things and my cell phone. I charge it up and I said, screw long distance. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, international, I shouldn't even say long distance, right. international yeah, calling. Yeah. I was like, I don't care how much this bill is about to be. I got on and called my mom and it was, it was evening in Africa. So it either was early morning for her or in the middle of the night. Right. One of one or the other. So just to, to recap, just to, so how did you hear that your parents knew about it and that they needed to pay $15,000? Did he tell you? I didn't I know you? any of this. So you, at this point, you don't know this I don't know any of this. So you I'm don't even know if they've been in, contacted? Correct. I'm just Got sitting it. and wondering, like, when is this plane going to take me right. to where I need to go? And had your friends come and visited? One in time. The first and were, were they not like, hey, how can we help you? Can we call your mom? Sadly, Is there... They told me that they had called my mom and that they told her I was okay. And I was kind of like, mm, relative term. Um, but then when they came that day uh, to bring me my stuff, uh, I got to call my mom. And my mom uh, answered immediately and was like, Kate, Kate. Right. Kate, can you hear me, honey? Like, are you there? Are you there? And I was like, yeah. Like, hi, mom. It, it's me. And she was like, oh, my God. She was like, Helen called and told me you bumped your head. <laughs> but my gut has told me I haven't slept. And I haven't been able to reach you. I've been asking to speak to you. Right. Something's not right. And I told her, I was like, mom, I think I'm dying. Yeah. And she was like, I knew it. I knew it. She just kept saying, I knew it, I knew it, I knew it. Corey, Corey, wake up. Corey, Corey. I've got Katie on the phone. I've got Katie on the phone. She is not okay. This is not a bump on the head. I told them what had happened, that I had the seizure, that I was still actively bleeding, that they hadn't given me anything for pain control besides Motrin. Um, I didn't take it because it's a blood thinner. Why would you give me that? I'm pouring blood out of my nose, down my throat. Um, so my mom is freaking out on the other end oh, of the okay. phone. My dad gets on the phone and is like, I've already been in contact with Blue Cross Blue Shield. 
I'm working everything on my end with the insurance. Like, don't worry, we're arranging the medevac. He was very reassuring to me. Right. Um, so I was like, okay, like they're working on it. Um, and he was like, and I have a flight booked. I oh, am good. getting on a plane in 48 hours. I will be there. I was right. like, okay, great. Um, but then the next day comes and no medevac. So then finally, um, day three, medevac comes. Um, I'm still not aware of the money at this point. My parents did not share any of that with me. Did and they know about it though? Oh point? yes, yeah, they, they had paid it already. Oh, Because the plane was here. Right. I, literally, I woke up the next day and the doctor, Cosmani, who at that point I had taken a calling certificate, Cosmani, because he couldn't provide me with any credentials and I didn't <laughs> like that. Um, he was like, the ambulance is coming to take you to the airport. I was like, okay, let's go. So I get in the ambulance. My friend gets in with me to ride with me to the airport. She hugs me and cries the whole way there because she thinks I'm dying. And I told her I wasn't, but I knew, I was like, uh, I'm, I'm close. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ver verdict's still out on it. Um, and so I get on a plane. I get on the plane and they tell me, you can't lay down. You have to sit up. And they had to tell me then all of the special permissions and stuff that they had to get because they had to fly under 10,000 feet to get me there because if they flew over 10,000 feet, my sinus right. would like implode. Yeah. Right. And so they had to do all of this special stuff. And there's a paramedic on the plane, a nurse, a doctor, and a pilot. That's gotta be reassuring. For just me, yeah, right? And yes, finally I was like, okay, like. <laughs> Real medical professionals. <laughs> You're a real doctor, like you had like a lab coat and like a uniform and they had name tags that had like license numbers and you know, like very official things. And I think the pilot was real, you know, too. Right, like that's not good. yeah. So I got there. Um, so we got to the hospital, well got to the airport, they ambulanced me then to the hospital, uh, re-imaged and everything, and they were like, Yeah, this is bad. Like we need to get you on steroids to stop this bleeding and I had to sign everything for a, a will, power of attorney, um, advanced directives, uh, blood transfusion. I had to sign everything. Right. And like literally sign away my life to them. Right. Like you can do whatever you'd yeah, like just, in case I lose consciousness here. Right. Like I just, I consent uh, is literally what they well, had to save get your for life. me. What do you do? That's where we were. Right. Um, and I said, I was like, my dad's getting on a flight tomorrow morning. Like, he will be here tomorrow. And they were like, we don't know that we can wait that long, oh, but yeah. we'll try. And I was like, okay, can we wait? And they were like, eh, we'll see. <laughs> Your, my hemoglobin came back at like 4.6. And I remember that because I was like, I'm eligible for a transfusion, but I don't want one because I don't want to go through all the testing of the tuberculosis and HIV and all of that when I get back home. Right. And they were like, you can decline it right now, but you signed all this paperwork and if you lose consciousness and i was like yes by all means i said but right. I, I really would like to not have that a makes sense. blood transfusion here <laughs> right america different story yeah you know america, would, maybe not so much. would really like to avoid that if i can um i still don't know to this day if they ever had to while i was under they never told me during the surgery i'm assuming they had to with a hemoglobin that, that low that they yeah. had to with transfuse surgery, at some imagine. point Right. Um, but I was supposed to have like follow up when I came back to the States, but they didn't send me home with any records of anything. So it's just so, all what was in your mind. The, what, yes, what I could remember, someone with brain damage right. and my dad, <laughs> someone in like dire right. distress, yeah. right? Like, 
and they're just trusting us to get home and yeah and so uh they couldn't wait they had to take me back to surgery um so they facetimed my mom though uh, showed her models of the face and the hardware and showed her like we're gonna put this here and that there and like you know what do you think and she's like uh, <laughs> I think that you better get started I right. you know like she was like what what do I think I have no idea what I think right um, so then the surgery happened and when I woke up my dad had like just gotten there the nurses broke the rules and let him come back in recovery to see me for literally five minutes like they told me they were like your dad is here we're gonna let him come back. Quiet. And I was just like, okay. Right. Like, yeah. I, I don't know what's gonna happen when you break the rules in an African hospital. Right. Like, I mean, I don't know. In a U.S. hospital, I'd be like, hey guys, like this girl is alone. Like, I would, I would right. play the pity card, right? right like, for she, sure. like, let her see your dad for five minutes. I don't know what's right. gonna happen while we're here. Um, so he comes back, and the second I see him, I just oh, I imagine. Like, I'm crying. He's crying, and he's just like, oh my gosh, you're alive. And I was like, I am for now I think and the doctor came in and was like no like you're good you're good you're monitored we got you hooked up to everything and all the things right <laughs> and all of that so um so yeah that was how the journey started that is crazy so you're you're going on a vacation right before medical school last ditch hurrah before life gets real 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 right? real real <laughs> <laughs> you get in an accident have a fall, and then you're held medic. You're held hostage at some dude's house that calls himself a doctor. Yep. Till your parents pay a ransom. Uh huh. That's the only way to put it. Right. I, yes. I a don't. ransom for you to get Medically, airlifted yep. to an actual hospital to get fixed. Yes. <laughs> this is what I I told, I told everyone. This is a good story. I've told several people like you can't wait to hear this story. Yeah. Um. So what was kind of going through your mind? Let, let's go back to you're in this dude's bed. Yeah. What's going through your mind day at the end of the first 24 hours? So at this point, you have not talked to your parents or you have? Correct. Not ha I have not talked with anyone besides and you've probably only seen friend your friend once. One time, yeah. Um, what was going through my head? I was very lonely. Um... Had you gotten scared yet? Because I assume there's a point to where you're like, I am scared now because none of this makes any sense. I actually never got scared. Wow. Um, and I, I think it was just because I was in survival mode. Yeah. Um, I was very, and this is why I call him Certificate Cosmani, because he kept trying to tell me things to do. And I was like, that is not, that does not make any sense for the extent of my injuries. That doesn't make any sense to me. Um, and so that's when I started calling him Certificate Kasmani because I told him he didn't know anything. Um, Which is probably not helping the situation. Totally was not helping the situation. <laughs> and, I mean, had I had my full faculties about me, I probably wouldn't have been sassing off to someone in a third world country. But Right, that it has you in their house. But, you know, um, hindsight is 2020, <laughs> I guess. Um, so I'm, I'm being sassy with him because I, I know that what he's doing is not, right. like, proper protocol. If someone is bleeding, 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 huh, bleeding profusely, right. do not give them a blood thinner. Right. That is just very basic medicine. Right. And that's when I was like, "Are you really a doctor?" Right. Because like, there's, right. I, you I take would, aspirin for heart attacks because they can thin your blood. Literally, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not gonna take this as blood is still actively right. like we have to stop this right. first. Right. Right. 
made sense to me, order of operations here, right? right? Stop the bleeding, assess the damage, worry about pain control. He was just, I don't. You're in pain, here's these. Yeah. Well, and he literally just handed me three packets of pills and was like, take these three times a day. And I was like, oh, like, so I had to self-medicate right. while I was there. And one of them was an antibiotic because he didn't want me to get um, meningitis. And that should have been a big hint because I hadn't seen my CTs then. Right. But he was like, you have to be on antibiotics. And I was kind of like, okay, I mean, if I have open breaks like that, yeah, seems, maybe. seems reasonable, yeah. right? Like. And I'm in Africa, sure, we'll just take the antibiotics okay. just in case, all right. Um, but then, yeah, the pain medicine, like I said, it was ibuprofen. And I was like, that's not going to work. He's like, I have aspirin. And I was like, again, not going to yeah, work. Yeah, don't do that. I was like, how about acetaminophen? Is there, right. I mean, and he was like, nope, don't have that. And I was just like, okay, I'm just going to, yeah, got ice. He gave me a hard ice pack, <laughs> which I was really surprised about, to be honest. Right. I was thinking he would just give me ice in a bag. So when right. he hands me like an igloo cooler pack, I'm like, wait, you have these? <laughs> I that was the thought in my head. I was like, why do you, this is very odd to me. Right. But anyway, so, you know, just right. gonna ice my face. Um, so I'm with my straight arm and that IV took literally three days because it was just free dripping. Right. So like we, he never changed out that saline. And I couldn't open my mouth all the way right. because this was so all broken. So oh, I'm completely right. dehydrated. Yeah, okay which that's why it was so bad when I got to the hospital that right. they were like, you need like yeah, fluids now. wide open like fluids. <laughs> like they had me drinking protein shake. Well, no, they had me fasting, but after like right, right. after the surgery, they were like drink shakes, right. milkshakes, right. right. mashed potatoes, soup. They were like, you need like, you know, you need food. So after you get back to the US, what do your doctors say about this? They said that they did a great job fixing my face. At the, at the actual hospital? Uh-huh. And that's all. Interesting. So they didn't, did they do any brain scans, any or CTs, any MRIs, nope. anything to see like, is there any other issues here or just like, hey, great face, you did good. Literally, they just trusted what I told them from Africa. Interesting. Yeah, they trusted the account of someone with brain damage versus right. any diagnostic testing that they could have run themselves to try right. and investigate things. Wow. But then again, we didn't know I had a brain injury right. back then because my face was fixed. Right. All right, everyone, we're going to call this part one. Uh, we've got some more because we want to find out how Caitlin, uh, her journey from when she got to the U.S. and the doctor said, hey, your brain look, or your, your, your face looks great. I'm not sure about your brain. <laughs> um, to where she is now and the journey that she took, which is extensive. Um, and so we'll, we'll end this episode for part one and we're going to continue talking and we'll make a part two here. Please feel free to like, share, um, our YouTube channel is growing really, really well. So oh, we're at like over, I'm so happy for you it guys. took us about two years to get to the first thousand. Now That's awesome. in the last two weeks, we're at 2000. Like That's we, amazing. yeah, we've done Andrew? great. So we're pretty excited about it. We had to go Oxford. Um, and then all the other channels are doing pretty well as, as well. So as far as Spotify and Amazon, all of those. But thank you very much. We'll see you guys next week. Uh, stay tuned for part two.